0: one question that i get asked all the time you know how was i able to stay positive and motivated in what was certainly the worst time i like mean, i'd lost my, my money i lost my freedom i lost my children for a time my wife bottomed out right and i said you know i think about it i said you know here's the secret when i was in jail in those moments you know in the, the worst moments of all were at night time when you're in your bunk and people were sleeping you're alone with your thoughts and you could just really get negative and the answer was is that in bed when i was Alone with my thoughts, I would close my eyes and I would visualize the faces of my two children. And I'd close my eyes, I'd see their faces, I knew i had let them down so badly, caused them so much pain. And I said, there's nothing I won't do. There's no length I won't go to to prove to these kids that their dad can do it right, that their dad's gonna come back even better than before. And it was all about proving to my children that you could come back from failure, that you could make the world right, and I could be an example, make them proud of me. That was my why was all about my kids, and that's the secret. Your why, it's never about you. People will do crazy things for causes they believe in, but for yourself, you only go so far. My kids in trouble, I'll run through a wall of fire and think twice about it. And that's step number one. You have to have a a vision for your future that inspires you, you know, that makes you, you know, so when you think about it, it just makes you jump out of bed in the morning to really have a life that is far better, far greater than it is today. That's your vision for the future. That's step number one. The second thing is, this is a big one, and what most people miss. You have to have a strategy, a plan, that allows you to achieve your vision. I was um, on the beach one day in the summer in New York. There's a huge beach, Jones Beach, and it was a hot, summer, sunny day, and everyone's bitching and moaning because they have to walk about a half a mile to the concession stand. And I'm with my friends, I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I went down here with like some Italian ices and chipwitches and fungicals, right? Seems like a good idea to sell them for a buck apiece, you know? Next morning, I wake up, I look in the yellow pages, it was back, no, no internet. I find some ice cream distributor i take my old beaten up car down there i go buy a styrofoam cooler and i load up a cooler with a barrel of italian ices and chipwitches and fudgicals milky way snickers right put some dry ice on top the whole thing loaded up was 22 including the cooler the cooler was seven bucks the ice cream was 15 bucks right i get in my car Drive an hour to the beach it's like maybe 10 o'clock in the morning i get there i walk carry it down there. i walk to the edge of the water right and i start yelling italian ices chipwitches fudgicals milk Within one hour, I sold out the entire cooler for $125. And I made a hundred bucks in one hour. And the year was 1978. Back then, minimum wage, I think, was $1.20 an hour. I was made more than my parents that day. I went back with four coolers. Right, who wouldn't, right? I got four coolers, right? So I blowed them up, went down, sold all those out. Made $400, $500 my second day. Changed my life. Here's the interesting thing. I told four or five friends about this. And here's the weird thing. They all went out and did it with me but only one of them sold more than one cooler a day. The other f- uh, there's five people, four would sell one cooler and stop. Only one of them would go out, like we'd hustle all day long and make these, you know, 500 bucks versus $100 a day. Why is that? Like why would someone do that? They're here, they're, you know, they're young, when none of us have money and you, you you have this opportunity in your size where you can make big money and that can change your life. Yet most of them, 80% stopped with one cooler. They were one cooler people. Only one of them, was a four cooler person right one of my friends that comes down to that that last element of the sort of like all the inner game of success like you know what happens up here between your ears before you ever go out into the world and take action and that is your standards some people watch how this relates some people they have a really bright vision a bold vision that's great grand vision right amazing wow inspiring but they have low standards they're not willing to do the work a champagne vision and beer standards right and then you have the other sort of people. Those with really high standards, but they lack a vision for the future. They don't have a vision that inspires them. So these are like the workers, where they, they sort of have this champagne standards and a beer vision. It's about having a match between your standards and your vision. And the question always is, well, what should my standards be? It doesn't matter. They should be congruent with your vision. There's no right or wrong answer. How much, money it doesn't matter. You have to have that vision for the future. Number two, you have to have the strategies to make the vision a reality. But number three, you have to be able to share that vision with other people, to communicate the vision to people in a way that moves them to take action, to come help you achieve it, that gets them going, gets them pumped. There's a clip of Warren Buffett. It's actually Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And one young lady asks Buffett a question. And she says, you know, we're going out into the workforce. What can we do? To make ourselves more valuable in the workforce. Good question, right? And Warren Buffett looks at her, and I think, okay, he's going to say, study your financial tables. You know, um, you know, learn how to be an, an expert on on banking or whatever it might be. You know, picking out companies, whatever, right? No, you know what he says he goes. There's one thing you can do: go take a course and study communication, sales, persuasion. That's what you got to do because that that's a skill that they don't don't teach in college. They don't really teach, right? And it's the most crucial skill out there. In fact, as he says, when I got out of college, Warren Buffett says, I was a terrible communicator. I couldn't sell anything, right? So what did I do? He went out and took a course. Now, back then, the goal today was Dale Carnegie, right? This was many, many years ago. And he took that course and he says, it changed my life because it allowed me to go out there and communicate and sell. Because here's the deal what would Warren Buffett be if he had never taken that course, if he never learned how to close the deal? What would Warren Buffett be today? You know what he be? he'd be the most successful money manager in Omaha, Nebraska that nobody ever heard of. When someone like Warren Buffett, who's like the opposite of what you think a salesperson is, right, um, says that that's the skill. If you wanna do one thing to improve your life and really ensure that you get what you want in life, learn how to communicate, learn how to sell. Learn learn how to communicate, learn how to sell, right? Because people, without that, you know, you die with your music on your lips. You can't, it's like, it kills me because there's so many people out there in the world they have these great ideas right they have this, this great passion inside and they can make a difference in the world and a difference in their own lives and their family right all the stuff they could do and yet because they lack the ability to communicate this idea to sell their idea to other people they end up locking it keep it locked inside and they die without ever expressing themselves I mean, to me that's the saddest thing my wife now who's my, my inspiration in like one of the things that she said to me was so funny is when we first met wow she's I have never met someone that is so fearless. Like you have all this stuff, and you're just plowing forward, you're fearless. I said, sweetheart, I said, I, I, I'm scared shit. I'm just not letting it stop me. I am scared. And that's what courage is all about. I let my fear plow me forward, push me forward. And that's when you have to reframe your own It's really a reframe about what fear is, what pain really is. Pain is the greatest motivating force in the world. But if you're gonna go into denial, and become numb, numb yourself to the pain, you're gonna live a smaller and smaller life until one day when you're old in bed and ready to die, you'll look back at all the things that you could have done, you should have done, you would have done, and you didn't do because you thought, well, you know what? I'm okay. I'm doing decent. That's not so terrible as people were. You know what? Fuck that. Don't live that life. Don't be the person that looks back and has regret and didn't take action to get what they truly wanted in life. When you're not feeling massive pain, human beings tend to just sort of, well, I'll stay pat. Don't do that. Take the pain, take the, the bitter pill, because you don't know want that bitter pill will end up being sweet. And if you're living that life, you're 25, 28 years old, or 22, whatever I mean, you old, you're like 40 years old, right? And you're in this sort of dead-end job, it's not what you want to do, don't think for a split second that this is your lot in life, that you have to stay on this road. At any moment in time, you can make a decision. You can get off that road and start going down a completely different road, And you know what, yeah, there'll be some pain, there'll be some lack in your life, and you know what, that's what will drive you to greatness. It starts by having the vision for the future, to really see your life better than it is right now. And that was my secret, and that is going to be your secret too. When you find that why, once you have that power, then you will definitely achieve your vision, no matter what. It might not happen overnight, but it will happen. I promise you.
1: Bob Proctor is one of the guys, anybody you're familiar with the book, The Secret. He's one of the master teachers and I had an opportunity to, to, for him to be my mentor. And it was funny. I'll never forget. We were talking and um, he said to me, son, how much do you charge? It's about a year ago. I than $10,000. I was excited. I come from poverty, Glenn. <laughs> i come from a working class. I made you know, ten thousand. I can do twenty gigs a month. You know, so I, $10, my mother never, never made ten thousand at one time. I'm excited. He said ten thousand dollars. I said yeah. He said what else? What else do you do? I said well, I've got the book, the Secret to success. So you sell a book? Huh? <laughs> I was asking to be mentored, not insulted. He said, "Oh, your little book? You still selling books?" I said, "Still, still." I'm sorry, I'm from Detroit, high school dropout. No, Nobody on my block is an author. Nobody in my family is an author. When you say steal, <laughs> help me out, what do you mean? By steal, we made over a million dollars the first year. What do you mean steal? He says, Eric, nobody really makes good money off of books, but chicken soup for the soul. He said, you give this away and you turn it into an ascension program. I said, a who? He said, an ascension program, kid. He said, listen to me, the little TGIM thing you're doing. That's for people who don't really want a lie. There's a group out there, they want to learn how you did it from top to bottom, son. You need a program, you need a university online. He said, $10,000? You're one of the best in the world, $10,000? He said, do me a favor, let's start at least at 20. I saw him six months later, he said, Eric, how's the 20 thing coming? I said, it's going great, sir. He said, what do you mean it's going great? I told him 20 and everybody's doing it. He said, then that's a problem. Lions are wired differently. I said, what do you mean it's a problem? You told me to say 20, I said 20, now they're giving me 20. I like, guess this a trick. He said, no, if this saying yes, it's a problem. Say a number that they're gonna say no to and then you can negotiate. So tell them 100 and see where it falls. He said, I bet you won't be anywhere close to 20.
0: Shoot, sure, what am I telling you?
1: He said, your problem is you think like a kid who grew up in Detroit. You think like a kid who came from poverty. You think like a kid whose mama had him at 17 years old. That's how you think. You're not wired to be who you've been called to be. What you need to think is not how you see the world, but what you need to see is how the world sees you. And the world doesn't see you as a 10,000 year. The world sees you as much bigger. And when you can see yourself as the world sees you and not how you see yourself, is when you're gonna go to another level. Let me tell you something. You got it. So when you walk out of here, the way you see yourself is the problem. It's always a result of a commitment to excellence, intelligent planning, and focused effort. You're not going to be the best. You're not going to catch the best if you're not intentional and deliberate. And there are those of you in your, in your space, and whatever you're trying to do, you don't even represent the best in your space. And you're still not giving 120. You're trying to catch the guy. You're trying to catch the female. That's the best. And you're waking up and giving me 70%. You're giving me 80%. But yet you have these dreams that you're going to be the best. How? You're still watching TV. Somebody said, Eric, have you not seen, in America, everybody, have you not seen Scandal? You must watch Scandal. It's the best sitcom. Have you not seen Scandal? I said, it's a scandal. I'm not watching it. It's a scandal, I'm not watching it. Come on at 10 o'clock at night. I'm in the bed, I gotta wake up, make my scandal become a reality. This is a scandal, I can't watch this. So I'll go home and say, scandal was great. But I did scandal on my time on my way to Australia. I didn't do scandal when I'm trying to catch Jim Rohn. I didn't do scandal when I'm trying to learn from John Maxwell, or from my friend Les Brown, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not watching Scandal. So you gotta do me a huge favor, and I'm asking you to do me a favor. When you leave today, I want you to look at some things that you're doing. The 30% now, or the 20%, or the 10%. And I'm gonna need you to let it go. My father had multiple kids by multiple women, yeah. you know, I got a sister I found out, you know, when I was older that I had that's only a few months younger than me You know, what I'm saying she might be nine months like I was just like yo, bro I'm not disrespecting my family. Everybody got to go through their whatever but I was like yo I don't want that life no more like I don't want to lose So I start looking at power egos a lot of dudes fail because of their ego You know, they, they they can't be the two man. They can't serve nobody else you know, uh, and then money, you know what I'm saying? I just saw just people would just get money, like I grew up in Motown, so these young dudes would come great uh, musicians and end up smoking crack or cocaine and just losing their mind. You look at Marvin Gaye, you know, Al Al Green, you know, the light that he had, Sam Cooke, like some of the most talented people, Michael Jackson even, Whitney Houston. And I just started realizing like, yo, if you don't deal with your demons, they ain't going nowhere. They not gonna stay in the closet. Right. And so I was like, yo, E, you gotta discipline yourself. I started looking at Mother Teresa, um, Gandhi, and I was like, yo, bro, Gandhi would go fast from sex. And he was married. He would fast from talking. You know, I just started watching these great people and was like, yo, these people fast, and. Not about fasting, like that's not the piece, but they were very disciplined people, mm-hmm. and they would not allow their exterior world to dominate or destroy their internal world. I was just like, yo, I want to get to a place where I can control me. My family members have grown, I lost an uncle who cirrhosis of the liver, brilliant man, but just drinking, drinking, drinking. And I was like, yo, I do not want to. My father was a substance abuser for years. I was like, yo, I don't want a life where something else is controlling me. Mm-hmm. You know, like for real, when I left home and said, I don't want to be controlled no more, like I meant that. Like, I don't want nothing to control me but me. And so I got to put myself under extreme discipline to make sure I'm free. So when people see me, you get up at 3, you don't drink, you don't smoke. I'm not doing that because I think I'm better than nobody else or I think you're going to go to hell because you had a drink. I just want, I want to control, I want freedom. And for me, disciplining myself means more freedom. And the less I, you discipline yourself, people who uh, I, I told my son the other day, I was like, yo, son, I do not not want you to have fun. I've just seen a history of people who just have fun. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, New Year. Yeah. They're the people who are. Thursday night, oh, Friday night. Oh, man, every night. Yeah. They're the people who end up in their 20s having a great deal of fun, but in their 40s and 50s, they working for somebody, um, um, and I'm not saying nothing wrong with cleaning toilets, but they doing something they don't want to do yeah. for the rest of their life and they can't retire because yeah. they played so much, yeah. you know? So for me, I just look at Venus and Serena, Michael Jackson, when he used to like five and six just dancing all night, I just think the more a man disciplined himself, the greater, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but the greater the probability that he has this sense of freedom. And I will say this, one thing i enjoy is that now where i am this don't mean i'm when you're 20 you're 30 you're 40. i never knew i would be who i am but i'm grateful that i disciplined myself the way i did because some of the issues i could have as one of the top motivational speakers in the world i don't have those issues and let me tell you something i'm around more temptation now than i have ever been in my life of and we're not just talking about women we're talking about opportunities we talk about power we're talking about bro I, I i got a call and i won't say names because i know you know how you are but i got a call this week from two or three people that top in their industries and it's just like yo the people i coach and the people I. so i'm grateful that i'm disciplined because i could see if i wasn't disciplined with the with the exposure that i have around the world whew, i could i could get myself in a lot of trouble right now if i wasn't Is this something? Let me ask you this, so is it something now that is just routine, the discipline, or do you still have to have it in your and conscious I'm mind? I'm still a man every yeah. day. Yeah. I gotta wake up in the morning. I am yeah. not past still being a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, no, no, you you no. feel me? Like, I'm not robot, mm-hmm. where I, uh, I get up every day, and now I've gotten to a point where uh, women are not attracted to me. Where certain personalities. I'm not, at, I'm not there, bruh. I'm not there where I see chicken and don't want to eat fried chicken. Right. I'm not there. I still like the way chicken tastes. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have a vegan heart. Right, you feel right, what I'm saying? Right, right, I don't right. have a vegan mindset. Yeah. I just know that my wife got MS and I want to help her out. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see chicken and go, that's disgusting. Right. They're killing them. Some chicken was yeah. murdered. We should not kill chicken. Yeah. I'm not on that. I'm on My wife shouldn't be eating fried food and she don't eat rotisserie chicken, you know. So no, I have to get up every day and it's a battle every single day to do right. So if you see ET cut somebody out on the street level, you know that I'm human and I had a bad day. But I figure if I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and get through this routine, the probability of me not going off is greater. But it don't mean I'm not going to have a bad day. It just means if I follow my routine, Hey guys, it's Ashole here from Big Dream Small Pockets, a business and lifestyle podcast. Are you interested in starting your own podcast but don't know where to start? Check out the Anchor app, that's anchor.fm. With the app, you can record, edit, and upload all of your podcasts for free. The app will even distribute your podcast on all other streaming platforms, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. No need for special equipment, or expensive software. Just record on the app or the website and go. So what are you waiting for? Start your passion project today. Use our link in our bio or any of our episode descriptions to get started. Have fun.